You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. This next interview is brought to you by Westpac Bump Savings Account. When is the right time to introduce your child to the concept of pocket money? And once you do, what's the best way to get them to earn that money? And how much should you even pay them? I have so many questions about pocket money. So we've got Dr. Justin Coulson into the studio. He has six children, although this is not his main credential. He has lots of experience raising kids, of course, but he's also an author of many books and parenting expert. His latest book is called The Nine Ways to a Resilient Child, but he's got many more. Justin, how are you? Good to be with you, Siobhan. Thank you for coming in and solving this problem for me. It's great to be here. (laughs) So do you think that um, giving kids pocket money is a good idea? Well, I used to, but with six children, I'm poor now (laughs) because I've given them pocket money. (laughs) No, look, pocket money is great so long as we set it up the right way and our expectations are appropriate and... I, I think that sometimes we just give pocket money without thinking about why we're giving it or what it's for. It's just the done thing. And so we do it. The kids say that they want some money. We say, oh, well, it's time for pocket money. And I, I think it's good if we can, to to quote a, 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 a guy that we hear about every now and again, Stephen Covey, to begin with the end in mind. What's the point? Why are we actually doing this? Is it just so that they can have some money to spend without hassling you for it all the time? Are we trying to teach them something? And if so, what? These are the kinds of questions that we need to work out in our own family so that we can work out how to do pocket money effectively. Now, here's the thing. Having six children, all at different ages, did you have a certain age where you went, okay, now you can earn pocket money? And if that was a certain age, how did the younger ones deal with not being able to earn pocket money. Yeah, so this is where it gets kind of interesting. And I guess I have to be a little bit autobiographical and talk about what's idiosyncratic to me uh, and to my family. Research tells us that kids don't really get money until they're probably six, seven, maybe even eight. It depends on their math skills. So you know, you can give your child a $2 coin and they go to the tuck shop and they get four coins in return as change for whatever they've purchased. They may, Maybe they get a 50, a 20, a 10 and a 5. And they actually think now that they've got more money yes. than they had before you gave them $2. They've got 85 cents, but they think that's more because they've got four coins rather than one. That's a, a sure sign that your kids are not ready for pocket money. We want to be able to help them to understand how maths works. They they actually need to get that. Otherwise, they won't have any appreciation at all for pocket money. Now, the second thing that you've mentioned twice as we've spoken is the need to earn pocket money. When I sat down with my wife, Kylie, and we discussed how pocket money would work in our home, we made a decision that I think flies in the face of what a lot of parents think about pocket money. We decided that our kids wouldn't earn pocket money. And I'll explain why. In a family, people contribute because they make the mess, so therefore they need to clean it up. If you sleep in the bed, you make it. If you wear the shoes or the clothes, then you put them away. And we didn't feel that it was appropriate for us to start getting our children to earn money for doing things that I just expect them to do. If you eat off the plate, you clean it up. Uh, And I don't think that that's hardcore or nasty. I just think if you're part of the family then you contribute to the, to, the, to the running of the home, at least to the extent that it's reasonable given how old you might be. And so we decided that pocket money was actually about teaching our children financial literacy. 
that's very different to if you do chores, you'll get paid. If you don't get, if you don't do chores, you won't get paid. And in fact, we have watched, and 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 in fact, the evidence would also suggest that uh, kids become less motivated to help unless there's something in it for them. Once we start putting something in there for them, so if we say to them, "You get five bucks for washing the car," and then one day we say, "Hey, could you please wash the car?" They say, "Well, what's in it for me?" Whereas in my home, I just want you to wash the car. Because that's, that's what we're doing on Saturday morning. Come and join in. And I might spray you with water and we'll laugh and have fun. Uh, we, we contribute because it needs to be done. We give pocket money to teach financial literacy. So our kids don't earn pocket money. They receive pocket money as a gift from us so that they can learn how to use their money wisely. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Justin Coulson, author and parenting expert about pocket money. And we're just talking about how in his home with six children, he uses pocket money as a way of teaching financial literacy, which means that I need to get you back another time to tell me how to get them to do their chores. We can do that. (laughs) Yeah, let's have another conversation another time about that. Let's talk about financial literacy. So um, you've decided that you're going to gift this to your children to teach them about their finances. How do you decide, especially with six, how much you're going to give each child? Uh, We just ask everybody else how much they're getting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I thought you were saying to the children, no, how much no, do you want? No, no, no. When you ask other parents, that this is a this is one of those topics that, wow, it can go crazy. Um, at the moment, I think the last study that I read suggested that on average in Australia in 2017, kids usually get about a dollar per per age level. So if you're five years old, you get five bucks. If you're eight years old, you get eight bucks a week. Uh, I think that's pretty generous. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not so keen on giving my 10-year-old $10 a week. Um, that just seems a little much. And my, my 14-year-old, $14, well, yeah, maybe. But you know what I mean? There, there needs to be a little bit of consideration for what what we're trying to teach them and what their quote-unquote needs are. So we've worked out what feels right in our family. We know that there are many families who give their children far more money, but we also know that there are some who give them less. And we've decided that the amount that we give feels right for our kids. And we basically say to them, look, here's what we're going to do. This is your money. We're going to give it to you every Sunday morning when we sit down and have our family meeting and plan the week and plan our meals and work out who's going where and doing what and what craziness we're in for this week. This is going to be your pocket money. Let's say, for example, let's let's keep the numbers really easy here. Let's say it's $10. And we say to our children, we want you to do three things with this $10. We want you to save half of it because we want to teach them the value of saving so that they can watch their, you know, they can get interest in their bank account and they can see the money compound over time. We ask them to put 10% towards a cause. We believe that encouraging our children to find something that's, uh, that, that should be supported to look after people who aren't as privileged as we are is a, a wonderful thing to teach them. And so we ask them to give at least 10% to that cause. That's not very much money, but it's something. Uh, and, and I think even as adults, that's a good thing to do. And we want them to be generous and we want them to have a sense that they've always got enough to help somebody else. That leaves them with $4 because they've saved five, they've given away one, and they've got $4 left. And we say to them, that $4 is yours to do whatever you want with. We would encourage them then to think about things that they might like to save up for and things that they might like right here, right now. So they might say, well, I've got $4, but I'm going to spend $2 at the tuck shop on Wednesday but I want to save that $2 extra because I want to get that book or we're going away on a, on a trip to the Gold Coast and I want to have some money to spend at 
SeaWorld or, you know, wherever. So the idea here is we want to get them to think about how they're going to spend that discretionary income because it's got to be for spendings but also for things that they might want to buy on their own that are a little bit dearer because they never get to touch those savings. So how does this work in practice for you? Because you do have such a big age range with your children. And I'm just thinking of my kids, and they're probably too young for this, these sorts of concepts. But let's just say your youngest has a certain amount of money to spend, and they spend it all, and then you go to the Gold Coast, and they see their siblings who've saved their money. And does, then, does that cause problems then? Do they get upset? Are they understanding of what's happened? Siobhan, with six kids, there's always problems, okay? <laughs> just... Phew, I was thinking, my God, this man's family must be amazing. Oh, no, I the, mean, they are amazing. The but, reality you know. is it's tough. Um, let, let me, uh, I think the last time we did it, we went to, you know, like the Royal Easter Show. Um, we're based in Brisbane, so it's the Ecker for us. But last time we did it, we actually went to the Royal Easter Show in Sydney. And the children were all told that they would get X number of dollars from us. So we would, you know, we'd pay for their entry and we'd buy them two show bags each and let them have four rides each or, or whatever it was. I can't remember the details now. Uh, at that point, the kids who had saved more and been um, prudent with their money were able to say, well, I've got an extra $25 or I've got an extra $70 and therefore I get to go and have all of this extra fun. And the younger kids or the older kids who just hadn't been frugal, um, they watched all of this fun happening and they begged and we said, well, you know, we gave you 12 months warning that next year we were going to the show and that you needed to be wise and frugal and prudent with your money and your sister chose to be and you chose not to be. So let's go and have a look at the dog show. Let's go and look at the cows. Let's go and look at the chickens. Let's go and look at the sheep because they're all free. And, 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 you know, they learnt from that. And next time when we visit the show again, they've got a little bit more money in their jar all, all saved up because they want to be able to have those rides. They want to have those experiences. They want to buy those bags. And I guess that's what you're um, teaching as well is the longevity of saving, of experiences like building on what they've done and what they can do in the future. Because I think as parents, sometimes we look at those situations and go, oh my God, where do I go from here when they're having a Barney because they don't have the money? Completely. And and, and that's where I think that, that trick that Steve Bidolf talks about all the time and, and I've adopted as one of my mantras as well is that we should always be calmer than our children. Because when you're at the show and you've got a child having a meltdown because they've had their rides and they've had their show bags and they still want more... You've got to be able to be real calm and, and, and real real careful with them. And that's not the time to say to them, well, you did choose to spend all that money at the top shop every single week. That, that's not the time for that. The time for that comes later when everyone's calm and it's a day or two later or even a week or two later and you're doing pocket money again. You say, huh, we, we had a great learning experience at the show last week, didn't we? What are you going to do with your money this week? You've got this much for spending, how much are you going to put into that jar for next year's show and how much are you going to take to the tuck shop? And it doesn't take them long to figure it out, even at the age of six or seven. They they get that. I think I'm going to keep that one when I, <laughs> this time my child loses it because I don't have something. Justin, thank you so much for coming in and chatting today. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Dr. Justin Coulson. He's a parenting expert and author. And if you'd like some more advice like Justin just gave us, you can head to his website. We'll put the links up on ours. Just go to kindling.com.au. That interview was brought to you by Westpac Bump Savings Account. 
Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.